Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to episode 40 of the Brutally Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, the big 4-0 tonight. Uh, good to be back with you, my friend. Uh, looking forward to getting into the show tonight. Obviously, a couple of uh, somber topics in, in the big Tiger Woods news earlier, but uh, we do have a treat for the, for the listeners in, in talking about our guy, our longtime friend of the podcast, Derek Carr. But uh, I won't give away too much, Aaron, but uh, how, are, how are you doing tonight, sir? Dude, I'm I'm ready to go. It's it's a late start for us uh, in comparison to the other pods, but uh, I'm more than ready to go. Hey, while the, while the other pods sleep, uh, we're working. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, to me, that tells you all you need to know. And now for today's topics. Um, but yeah, starting off today, obviously this morning, um, as we're talking Tuesday, uh, February 23rd, Tiger Woods. Uh, unfortunately got into a car accident, obviously like to keep the topics light on this, on this podcast. And while I think the news is still very new, uh, more and more details continue to emerge, to be honest, as we get later on into Tuesday evening, um, figured it was, it was just right to mention the goat, um, uh, you know, Tiger Woods on for my money, you know, probably the best athlete of all time. I think this is a side topic. Professional golfers, I think are the best at their jobs in terms of, other sports. Um, but just to lay out the facts for, for the listeners, we do know Tiger Woods got into a car accident around seven 30 in the morning, um, out in California, he was hosting his event out there this past weekend, uh, the Genesis invitational, um, two car crash, I believe to, to my knowledge, um, one other vehicle was involved, but, uh, somehow somewhere along the way, his car flipped on its side, uh, looked, looked pretty dangerous. Uh, looked like the car is pretty demolished to me. The pictures are, are pretty jarring. Um, remains in the hospital in stable condition. I don't, I don't believe the injuries are life threatening at this time. Um, I saw one report from a few minutes ago that one of his legs has, you know, suffered a compound fracture and the other one shattered an ankle. Um, so, you know, to me, I, I feel like there's gotta be a better term, um, medical term out there for shattering an ankle, but, uh, either way that, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound good um originally you know i saw the authorities had to bring in the jaws of life to, to cut him out but i think they ended up just getting him out through the windshield so a lot of conflicting reports obviously a lot of people plugged into this situation a lot of people trying to be first on this news since it is such a high profile case but it does sound like luckily he's going to be okay um i was telling aaron off air it kind of gives me kobe vibes obviously uh 
a much, 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 much less serious situation than, than Kobe Bryant. But anytime a high profile athlete like that, um, a sports hero to some, um, anytime they're going through a tough situation, it always gives you a pause and, and, you know, time to reflect on your own life and, and different things like that. So obviously off the bat here, we'd love for, for T-Dub uh, to get better. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll throw it over to Aaron for his thoughts and we'll kind of get into where T-Dub goes from here. Obviously, you know, two broken legs, two broken ankles, whatever the case may be, obviously isn't great for this year's major prospects. Um, but yeah, just a, a sad situation all the way around. Yeah. Um, you know, especially sad just because of, you know, he's getting up there in age as far as, you know, golfing is concerned. Uh, now, now about 45 years old. I mean, this is not, I'm not going to say it's career threatening. It, it, it very well could be just depending on, you know, how long it takes him to, to rehab and, and things of that nature to come back. But uh, just very unfortunate, you know, just, you don't want that to happen to anybody. And, and Tiger Woods uh, for me and, and my money is super exciting to watch. Um, especially on, you know, Saturday into Sunday, especially, you know, his late rounds um, in particular there. So uh, definitely makes the game a lot more interesting when he's a factor and when he's in the picture. So um, just, you know, super unfortunate, kind of just shocking news just out of out of left field. Obviously, you, you never expect something like this to happen. Um, you know, you bring up Kobe Bryant, that that one still will forever sting me. That's one of my favorite yep. you know athletes ever and, and favorite people ever. So uh, thank God. Thank thank you know, the universe, whatever, whatever you want to say about uh, that. He's alive, that he's, he's going to walk again. Obviously he's going to, he's going to breathe and, you know, he, he's very alive and well, it could be a lot worse, but uh, at the same time, you know, it is a shame. It is. Uh, I did see that, you know, bringing in the jaws of life. I, I thought, you know, he could be in even worse condition than he is because they physically had to cut him out of his vehicle. So that's never a good thing, but um, you know, you got to take the good with the bad in this situation. You know, he, he'll, he'll live to see another day. It's just what a shame that, that it happened to him. And, and I hope he can just win a couple more majors and obviously pack uh, pass Jack, uh, you know, for the most majors ever. I'd, I'd love to see that. And I'd, I'd remember that forever for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think, um, you know, no, no stranger, I think to, I guess, personal situations and, and, you know, somewhat of personal tragedies, obviously a few years back, had the DUI. I think a lot of people were thinking that he was maybe under the influence. I, I don't believe that's the case. I don't think that's getting investigated at this point. Like I said, it was at seven 30 in the morning. So if he was on drugs, uh, obviously a red flag there. Um, people were saying he did just get back surgery, I think last month. Um, so he could be under some form of painkiller uh, here and there. And I, you know, obviously the whole scandal that came out about, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago now, um, obviously he got into a car accident there. So I think immediately once you hear this, you, you kind of fear for the worst, but it seems like it was your standard traffic accident. Obviously, you know, the car flipping and getting demolished isn't standard, but it seems to be more of a, a traffic type thing than, than having to do with uh, anything else going on in his life. But yeah, I mean, you know, Tiger, uh, you know, mid forties at this point, um, obviously won the, won the masters back in 2019 and for him to potentially miss, uh, you know, multiple, if not all the majors this year, I think definitely hurts, um, was playing decent. I think towards the end of last year, obviously with the, with the back situation, continuing to pop up, you know, don't think his prospects were that great for winning the masters, but, um, you know, to me coming back from two broken ankles, two broken legs in the matter of, I mean, I think the fourth majors played in July or August, I think it like they moved up the calendar, um, over the past few years. So it doesn't really bode well for his prospects for, for a major for this year, but 
yeah, one, you know, the best, if not one of the best to ever do it. Um, in my opinion, best golfer of all time, pound for pound. I not, a, not a Jack fan, never saw Jack play, but, um, <laughs> I think Tiger transformed his sport more than any other, any other athlete has transformed their sport. And that's including Michael Jordan. Uh, so just, I mean, yeah, certainly if this is the end, if this is, you know, the end of his career, obviously you might want to focus if you're him on spending the next 30 to 40 years with your kids, um, and, and your family and, and your loved ones. But it was certainly a great run. Um, and we can definitely get more into it as, you know, we kind of get more news and, and stuff like that, but he's a, he's a competitor. He always has been, um, even when he was going through those back issues a few years ago, he had every opportunity to step away from the game and chose to come back, continue to fight, continue to fight for his place in the game and ended up winning, um, the masters in 2019. So I've, I really have no doubt that he can do it again. Um, just obviously a, a pretty large setback, uh, here to start off 2021. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the masters that when he won that, I was, I was kind of shocked. I mean, he, he was out of, you know, contention for a lot of majors, you know, he missed the cut a good amount of times after the, the, the scandal and the, uh, I believe it was the knee surgery, um, yep. that really like ever since then, he just hasn't obviously had the, the dominance that he once, once had. I mean, that, in his prime, it was like, you know, he was competing in every single tournament he was competing in. Yeah, like that was like Michael Jordan, you know, whoever whoever you want to pose a comparison to, like Jeter, whatever you want to say, just clutch, clutch Gene, uh, you know, times Derek 100, Carr. Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Anderson, whatever, whoever you want to throw out there that uh, does it for Derek you. Carr. Yeah. Carson Palmer, but uh, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, Sanchez, you know, Sanchez. Vince, Vince Young, any of them, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, after, after that Masters win, uh, you know, I, I you know, kind of regained hope. I, I always, you know, rooted for him. I just thought, you know, during the period where he wasn't winning much of, of anything, it was it was hard for me to to have confidence that he would get it back together just because I think golf is such a mental game and it, it's so difficult. Like they say even putting on the PGA Tour is like putting in your kitchen room or your kitchen floor. It's that, it's that fast. The ball travels that quickly. So I, I just think golf – you know, despite, um, you know, whether you say it's a physical, you know, it's not a physical sport, it's not a, you know, you're not getting hit or beat around or, or anything like that. I mean, it, it's incredibly precise. And and for him to come back after all the struggle that he did indoor uh, and win the Masters, I, I really, this will be a, a great comeback story. You know, America loves the comeback story and, and it would be awesome to see him come back and just rattle off, you know, a couple of majors, if not like three, four just and then hang it up. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Time will tell. Um, but that, that's what I hope to see. And, you know, hopefully a, a quick recovery, just because that's obviously he's not going to be too happy with uh, being basically crippled from the waist down at this point. Love the love the golf analysis there, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, of the comeback story, if anyone has HBO out there uh, listening to this, I highly recommend watching the, the Tiger documentary. It's two two part episode, uh, two part series two-part documentary really going through uh, his entire life, to be honest, not even just his career, but it really talks about his dad, his, his mom, his upbringing um, and how crazy, you know, the, the guy's basically a robot. Um, his dad would legitimately hit golf balls in the garage and Tiger would be there sitting in his high chair at one or two years old, 
watching his old man hit golf balls, eating his cereal and drinking his milk. So uh, <laughs> legitimately been conditioned uh, to be one of the best athletes of all time from a young age and really didn't have much of a life, much of a childhood, much of uh, an adolescence. Um, so pretty, pretty crazy. And then obviously goes into his downfall and um, obviously, you know, kind of spiraled out of, out of control after his dad did, did pass away. Um, but yeah, I, to me, like, say what you want about the guy off the course. I, I think he's one of the best athletes, if not the best of all time, um, better at his job than anyone has ever been at their job ever. I would say maybe outside of like a, you know, world war two general or something like that for, for the U S <laughs> here, or like George Washington, maybe someone nice. like that, uh, just to throw it into, you know, some other, some things outside of sports, but, um, very compelling story, obviously. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, like, like Aaron said, he's able to come back and compete at a high level because the game of golf is definitely not the same without Tiger Woods. To me, I, I play golf or try to play golf at least. Um, and the, the game of golf watching it is, is not as interesting to me for sure without Tiger Woods competing and, and being in the mix. And there's nothing like watching that red on Sunday um, come down the stretch and, and take home the W. Uh, so yeah, prayers up to him. Thoughts are with his family. Um, seems like he's in stable condition, but, um, hopefully he, his recovery goes, goes quicker than expected. Aaron onto a lighter topic. Uh, just, just felt like we had to obviously start with the Tiger Woods news, but want to do a little bit of a Carson Wentz cleanup. Uh, obviously the news last week was hot off the presses. Um, we got to you pretty fresh, uh, after, uh, the trade to, to Indianapolis. We did get some news over, over this past week, Schefter, um, was on some radio station um, and said that uh, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson hadn't talked for eight, nine, or ten weeks during the season. Uh, so, a wanted to get your your I guess one week after thoughts on the trade, see how the fan base, see how you are doing, see if you still enjoy uh, the return, uh, et cetera. But b also kind of get a get a feel for the inner workings. Or obviously, we got a little bit of a peek behind the curtain uh, in terms of the communication between uh, Wentz and the coaching staff and get your overall thoughts there. Pretty, pretty shocking to me. I don't know how you can go two months without talking to your coach, but uh, take it away, my friend. Yeah, no, I'm glad you teed me up for that one. It's just more of the circus uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles continues. I mean, just when you think um, you've heard it all, you, you definitely haven't. I mean, who knows what's going to emerge in the next couple of weeks? You know, you, you just don't know. But um, for them not to talk for two months, I mean, that that's that's quite surprising. I mean, even, you you know, you and your worst enemy are, are going to butt heads and probably talk here and there. Uh, so to go two months without really having a, a legitimate conversation, I think, you know, Dan and I kind of talked about that off air. I'm, I'm sure they, you know, said, you know, how's it going today? And just, you know, nonsense and, and, and a bullshit, no, no context conversations. I'm sure th- those were taking place, but when it comes to, I, I what I think is, you know, the, the way I look at the situation is, I think, you know, Doug Peterson didn't really let Carson Wentz know about um, – it wouldn't surprise me at all that he didn't let him know about the benching for one. Uh, and then, like, you know, you won't be playing the rest of the season because they were kind of taking it week by week there for a couple – you know, Jalen Hurts will be the starter and they'll announce it on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. It's like, okay. Wait, so so, so you're, you're saying he, he didn't – Doug probably didn't tell Carson that he was coming out? I I mean, I, I think when he, when he took him out, I think yes – but I don't think yeah. like I don't think in that uh, what was the Green ne- Bay game. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I don't think like 
even before I don't think leading up to it, I don't think the the game, like the first quarter, second quarter, I don't think like he was like, you know, we're gonna we if you don't play well, we're gonna pull you. I don't think that right. conversation I would not be surprised. Just uh the more and more you hear about Doug Peterson, it, like and Wentz together, it's just it's uh <laughs> the dumpster fire. Um if, if I were to keep one of them, I, I wouldn't have got rid of Doug P Dougie P so fast. I think Doug Peterson is definitely a good head coach in this league. I think uh, he definitely makes some boneheaded calls. And, and throughout the season, I was quite frustrated with him. But, uh, you know, in retrospect, uh, he, his record with, with Hertz and with uh, with Nick Foles combined is pretty damn good and, and pretty damn convincing that it might just be a Wentz thing. I, I would have gave him I, – I said this before. I would have gave him one more year. Um, definitely I would have let Wentz walk and then see what they can do with Hertz. I think the biggest problem, and this is kind of like a, you know, you got to know the, the Eagles to know this type of thing because it's just nonsense. But uh, Doug Peterson's guy is Press Taylor, and he's like a offensive play caller, offensive, you know, guru, whatever you want to say. Uh, and like, I think from what I heard is, is Jeffrey Lurie and Doug Peterson at a meeting. Um, Doug Peterson brought up the fact that he wants to either promote um, Press Taylor or just keep him on the staff. And Jeff, Jeffrey Lurie, I think, basically thinks press Taylor is worthless or, or something of that, of that nature. So, um, you know, that's the reason that I think it, it really fell out. I think Doug Peterson, it kind of got a big head, but um, there's no, nobody with a bigger head than Howie Roseman in that organization at the moment. So um, at the end of the day, it's just another, another chapter to the saga of, of just disaster and uh, soap opera that is the, the Eagles at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, fun fact, Press Taylor's actually the guy who put uh, the Philly special into the playbook. Oh. So you can – I think you can uh, – Shouldn't have fired him. Yeah, exactly. Just, just for that. We got so, one ring, and it's because of him. So. I, I read that, too. That was, uh, yeah, part of Dougie's exit meeting. I mean, to be honest, like, when Doug got fired, there was a part of me that was like, oh, yeah, like, let's interview him for the for the Jets job. I certainly – Certainly wasn't in my top three candidates, I'll say, in terms of Jets prospects for a new head coach. But uh, the Super Bowl ring speaks for itself. Uh, I think the offensive acumen speaks for itself. Obviously, uh, had a pretty good mentor there in Andy Reid. Uh, but just the more and more that comes out about him, I think, over the past year. And really, it all relates to Wentz. I, th I think, for, by all accounts, he, he had a pretty good relationship with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, not sure – really if, if he was the one who pounded the table for for Hertz to get drafted it kind of sounds like it was I feel like Wentz wasn't all that pissed with Howie and Lurie he was more pissed with Dougie so maybe Peterson was the one to really pound the table for Hertz I'm not sure if you have any insight on that but uh, I, I just find it absolutely insane that these guys didn't talk for two months during the season outside of probably like game day prep and different stuff like that um, so it sounds like a clean break you know was good for everybody. Yeah. They probably could have kept one, like you said, either Wentz or Doug, but obviously ended up parting ways with both of them and just wanted a clean slate from here. And um, we talked about it last week, who knows what they'll do at, at quarterback, if they'll try to draft one or, or, you know, kind of run the table with Hertz. Um, but just I, I, anytime we can get some dynamics and some behind the scenes stuff and Schefter for whatever reason always comes in clutch and literally has his nose to the grindstone in terms of, um, his ear to the ground, whatever you want to call it for these organizations. Not sure what his sources are getting him or who his sources are in each organization. It kind of sounds like every closed door meeting Schefter's in there. He's <laughs> just on a zoom call in the corner or some shit like that. Uh, but anytime we get information like this, it's fascinating to me. Um, I'll say that. Yeah, no, the, the last thing I'll touch on is 
Um, you know, you brought up it, it, the whole Jalen Hurts getting drafted thing, and uh, I don't know. There, there were – here's what how I look at it. I mean, it, there's so many things, and, and I follow this team as closely as I can. I don't think I'm as connected as, as definitely Adam Schefter. I'm not a fly on the wall like, <laughs> like literally Adam Schefter, I think, turns into a fly and then just enters into these meetings, and he's just there. But, uh, yeah, I mean – it, this all goes back to even like Nick Foles when I remember when Chris Long, uh, they basically built Nick Foles a shrine in the in the locker room. And I mean, I, I just think, you know, I, I'm not going to it would be hard to be in Carson Wentz's shoes. But uh, the, I heard Colin Coward talk about this situation the other day, and he was basically like, um, you know, if, if Carson Wentz wanted to shut everybody up and and prove to how he like because Carson Wentz doesn't like Howie Roseman. Uh, everybody and everybody literally has said that Carson Wentz is hard to work with and he's right. very hard headed. So, uh, if Carson Wentz really wanted to, to shut up the, the haters and everything like that, then he would have went out and, and just balled out this year. Like, like, Car- uh, not like Carson Wentz, like Aaron Rodgers did, uh, excuse me, uh, like Aaron Rodgers did. Uh, and you know, they drafted Jordan love and, and Aaron Rodgers said, hold, you know, hold my beer real quick. Hold Let my me, beer. uh, let me show you who's the boss around here. Let, like, me, let me chug this beer real quick. Show you what's on cars. In the back of the truck. You see that video? Not to be off topic, but Rogers no. in the back of the truck. No, I was I was talking about the when he was at the Bucks game and he couldn't chug the beer, and then they showed. Oh, I remember Bakhtiari that one too. Yeah, Bakhtiari chugged it. Uh, yeah, you go off, go off, my friend. No, uh, just, just you know, tomorrow or whenever, or the listeners just look up Aaron Rodgers drinks beer in the back of a truck. So I guess they're, they're rolling through green Bay and he's in the back of a pickup truck. Oh, and this I is did after. see this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whatever to each his own, he's having fun, you know, just whatever. Green Bay I, things. I, green, just doing green Bay things. And the, I guess everybody else wouldn't understand, but uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he, he's out the door. Doug Peterson's out the door. I think just, it just didn't work out. I mean, I, there's so many like I'll think about this situation all the time when I think of the Eagles and and what they gave up to get Wentz and you know letting Nick Foles go like they they definitely should have some regrets because it didn't work out like right. if it would have worked out oh, then, absolutely like I, I just the fan base will continue to be like you know we failed him we failed him we failed him I, I saw Jalen Hurts come in in the same offense same offensive line yeah he's uh you know a ton he's substantially more mobile than Wentz but. Like that at the end of the day, he executed and like at least made the offense like look presentable. You know, we got down the field consistently, uh, even in the same game. I remember Hertz coming in the Green Bay game and I think two touchdowns in that second half. So, um, you know, just too many excuses and just not enough execution. So it is what it is. Hey, one one more quick thing. You see your boy Dan Orlovsky said on Get Out that uh, Wentz is now an MVP candidate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dude, it's a, part of me like just doesn't want to write, like I'm not gonna write him off yet. I just yeah, I don't but know. MVP it, it, that guy though. that guy will defend him like tooth and nail. Like he'll if if he throws four picks in a game, he'll say like you know Doug Peterson isn't coaching him right. So like Orlovsky defends every quarterback no matter what. I mean he he defends Darnold to like no end. It pisses me off. I get I guess you know. I don't know how he got his job, but at the end of the day, I you know he's on ESPN. You so. wonder how he got his job? He got his job because he ran out of the end zone that one time. You got you got to elaborate on that one. Yeah, when he was in the Lions, uh, he was uh, they were playing the Vikings. That famous clip of Jared Allen like pointing at him because he was going back to pass, ran runs out of the back of the end zone, gets a safety, doesn't realize he's at in the back of the end zone. 
continues to run, throws the ball, but like 10 seconds early, he ran out of the back of the end zone to get to get the safety. All-time NFL clip. That was Dan Orlovsky. I, I think the – especially if this would go up on YouTube or, or something, I think the – the viewers are going to absolutely tear me to pieces, but I, I didn't even know he played in the NFL. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, he's like a Joey Harrington. You know what I mean? Like who the hell cares? <laughs> he play, yeah. He was, uh, he was Stafford's backup for a little bit in Detroit. He played at UConn. To, uh, he's like the best UConn quarterback of all time. Apparently. You know, I'll give you that though. He does not look like, he does not look like he was a former NFL I, player. I thought he was like, you know, a, Just a a Skip Bayless. Yeah, yeah. Like a, you know what I mean? I had no idea. Yeah. So. Definitely giving me some insight there. I did too. I think like on his Twitter, he has something about he used to play for the Lions or some shit. Like he he was there before Stafford, I think. Like a couple. Of, I mean, he was always a backup. He never like started or anything. Like always rode the bench. But yeah, if if I didn't like see that clip, that's that's the only relevant clip of his career is him running out of the back of the end zone, not knowing where <laughs> the, like the end zone is, and him getting a safety. So I think that that tells you all all you need to know about his career, to be honest. I look at it this way. Like if I was a backup and like, so irrelevant, maybe I would do that just once. Like, just so people know who I am. Like, cause it's like how many backups just come and go. Like if I knew I wasn't going to get to like the starting position, like why not just make him a moment like that? Bro, I'm telling you, he has he parlayed that instance into a, 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 an entire, I mean, kind of an impressive media career. Not that I think he's impressive. I think where he's at <laughs> is impressive because he's been able to parlay that with like little to no talent, but Hey, Probably. fake it till you make it, I guess. Dude, you, you cued me in that I, I blew my mind and, and cued me in at the same time. Hey, uh, speaking of faking it till you make it, um, <laughs> I think we got to get to our boy Derek Carr here. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> uh, it we we, we kind of felt we were doing the listeners a disservice uh, here at, at the Brew on a Sports Corporation. Um, our fan base, I think, honestly, was clamoring for a Derek Carr season breakdown. Uh, season recap, if you will, from us. And we're, we're happy to do that. We're here to do that tonight. Uh, full, full disclosure, for some reason, actual NFL teams, uh, NFL franchises are looking to trade for this guy. Uh, so that's why it feels right right now to set the record straight, mention our guy, bring up a couple of his stats, um, and really just pitch to NFL teams why, you know, you probably shouldn't trade for, for Derek Carr. So before we get into those teams, uh, season stats here, I'll kind of run down. Uh, season stats from the past three years, uh, their record from the past three years, and then also some contract stuff. So on paper, um, when Aaron and I were going through this kind of off air, he mentioned to me like, Hey Dan, like those stats aren't that bad. Correct. They're not that bad, but that is now my argument. I'll get to it in a second. Um, Season stats, 4,100 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, nine picks. Uh, 2019 through for just a shade over 4,000, I think it was 4,086 yards, uh, 2019 or 2018, excuse me, 4,054. So slight improvement, I guess, if you're keeping track at home, uh, had 22 touchdowns in 2019. I think it was 21 touchdowns in 2018. So really the biggest increase there is the touchdowns from, from year over year, uh, record in 2018, four and 12 solid, uh, seven and nine in 2019 and eight and eight in 2020. So, Yes, he did have a, a pretty incremental increase, I think, in stats in terms of touchdowns, minor increase in, in yards, but really uh, just a one-win improvement. Um, contract, uh, just getting to the contract quickly, on the books for $22 million next year, $19 million a year after that. So two years before he hits free agency, um, 
I think it is being rumored now, Aaron, that he's he might get extended by the Raiders. Uh, I believe he's 32 years old. Um, honestly, I like I said before, the stats aren't that bad. I, I personally, I'd love if a Jets quarterback threw for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 10 picks. I'd be over the moon. I don't care if it was Deshaun Watson. I don't care if it was Sam Darnold. I don't care if it was a rookie quarterback. I'd be over the moon if my quarterback did that. My only, I guess argument is that he is the definition of an average quarterback he will never elevate the players around him um where he needs to to get them to the next level to take them to the playoffs i don't think they'll make the playoffs again under Derek carr uh i i do like john gruden i think he's a good motivator i I'm, I'm not completely sold on him as a coach during his second stint uh, his second go around in the nfl um i just don't think there's any chance in hell they really do much with him at quarterback and um, I know we had this debate in one of, I think it was our first show of, and I think I brought up the point that I hate Derek Carr because I just think that he's so overrated. Just the fact that multiple teams are willing to trade for this guy just speaks to how in disarray some of these quarterback situations are throughout the league that you're willing to trade for a guy who, you know, four and 12, seven and nine, eight and eight, uh, really doesn't get, get me out of bed in terms of his stats. Not a mobile guy, a guy that gets hurt guy that is a punchable face, uh, guy that I hate hearing talk. Um, to Jeez. me, just, just not a franchise quarterback. Not a franchise quarterback. Dan, Dan always has to make it personal. You know what I mean? Like It's it's never just like I don't like the guy as, as a quarterback. You know, I don't like his face. You know, I don't like – That's what fans do. <laughs> Brutal. And here at Brutal Down Sports, we're going to twist the knife a little bit further. I think you're like I think you're like a Philly fan a little you got a little Philly you're New York's a close like a close very comparable very comparable market I grew up closer a lot closer to Philly than New York I'll tell you that hey it's it's rubbing off on you but maybe it's the Rangers the Rangers fan in you coming out I think a lot of Rangers (laughs) a lot of Rangers fans are are, you know from my experience they're, they're a little hostile hostile it's New York, man. It's brutal. Take no prisoners. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you go back, you go back as far as 2014. You know, back in the good old days, high school days. But uh, three, three and thirteen was uh, Derek Carr in, in 2014. Solid. Seven, seven and nine, and then out of nowhere, uh, the Raiders went 12 and three. If you remember. Yeah. And then I he got hurt. He got hurt right, right. I think that was like week 14 or 15. You know, almost yep. like. Almost pulled a Wentz, you know. And they, they started uh, Matt McGloin, your boy from Penn State, in that playoff game. Matt, dude, Matt McGloin slinging the rock. That guy can sling it. Ging- he's a ginger, right? Ginger. Yeah. No soul. But, uh, you know, uh, I remember that year. I think that's – I think they extended – or they gave him a contract right in the middle of that. Like, if it was before his injury or right after or yep. like, something like that. But – um, ever since then, just, I mean, similar numbers, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a numbers guy at whatsoever. I mean, you look at his career numbers, you know, even more in depth, he's 47 and 63. So not exactly, Decent. not exactly lighting the world on, on fire with 47 wins and 63 losses. Well, well below the 500 mark there. So, um, you know, it reminds me of a, a guy I bring up a lot on the show is Jay Cutler. You know, he can give you 350 yards for, you know, 400 yards, but, yep. um, you know, he's just never going to inspire anybody. He's never going to, I don't, I, frankly, I, you know, I don't know the guy. I'm not even close to, or knowing what the Raiders do, but I just feel like he doesn't care enough to like, really like, cause these numbers are like, some of these numbers are better than Brady's numbers, but it's like, 
where's the where's the wins where's the where's the result of, of all these good numbers there there is really none uh like i said the one year they made the playoffs uh you know not not to his you know not his fault but he gets injured and, and really since then he just hasn't put them in a in a winning position um but they did beat the chiefs this regular season so i'll get i'll tap tip my cap to him there uh you know, who knows how the, the the Oakland Raiders can beat the Chiefs, but uh, I wish I would have bet. It's still an eight and eight. I don't give a fuck who they beat. Hey, that's better than the, a lot better than the Eagles. But uh, you know, yeah, exactly, exactly what you already touched on. You know, just great numbers guy. Great, uh, you know, if if you're a fantasy owner, probably uh, probably a guy that doesn't get picked. Uh, you know, in the early rounds or in the early picks, so might want to just scoop him up. For, for what it's worth, but um, not going to, not going to give you a, a Super Bowl, and, and I don't even, like Dan said, I, I don't think that's a really a, a unrealistic take. I think, you know, they could easily miss the playoffs the next two years, and I'm not, I like John Gruden as a person. I think, um, I don't know what he can do with this, with this Oakland team. I thought he was kind of on the right track last season. Um, you know, you started to see improvement, but, you know, it's really going to be the next couple of years where we see you know, what this team's made of and, and what direction they're going. But uh, for whatever reason, it seems like John Gruden and, and Derek Carr are butt buddies. So uh, hopefully they're smarter than to re-sign him. But we're talking about the Raiders here, and they've sucked for a long time. So, Yeah, I mean, Gruden's going to like year three or four of a 10-year contract. Uh, so he's certainly not going anywhere. Um, and just going back to that 12-4 and four year, I, I think he has made his entire career off of that one season. That's when they had Cleo Mack. Um, their defense was outstanding. Jack Del Rio obviously was a coach, uh, great defensive coach. I think he left a lot to be desired in terms of his offensive acumen. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not going to, I mean, Derek, I'm never going to be in love with Derek Carr. Like if he makes a playoffs next year. I'm not going to apologize for this take. Uh, <laughs> if he wins a couple of playoff games, I'm not going to apologize. He, he will never win a Super Bowl. Uh, you, you can't, uh, you can't convince me. Otherwise I think I'll get struck by lightning before that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. I'll never like Derek Carr. I just, I just felt like anytime there's a rumor of you know people potentially viewing him as a franchise guy, I have to dispel that uh, for our listeners. Uh, we're, we're true to our takes. Uh, unlike, unlike Dan Orlovsky, like it, you know, if he somehow turns out to be a league MVP or a top five quarterback, yeah, I'll certainly revisit it. But that will never happen. Um, I don't <laughs> understand why you, you know, want to go. I mean forget the part about not releasing him or trading him. Like, why would you even want to go ahead and, and re-up him and extend that contract? I, that just makes no sense to me. I I mean, you, you look at teams out there like Washington Steelers, uh, you know, maybe a couple of teams that are built to win now, maybe the, the Colts before they got Wentz. like probably teams like that would look to take on Derek Carr because they have a lot of pieces around them. I think the Raiders just need uh, to spend that money elsewhere. I mean, Honestly, 19 million for a starting quarterback off a rookie contract isn't insane. I think when he signed that deal a few years back, it was a lot of money um, just because I think that deal was front loaded. Um, and honestly, like the salary cap has gone up since then. So I don't think it looks really bad now. Um, but but to be honest, if I'm going to trade for a quarterback that's on the Raiders, I'm probably going to trade for Marcus Mariota and not Derek Carr. Here, here, I'll give you a hot take. You know, I if I'm the Miami Dolphins, maybe I I don't know, man. I I, I get what Dolphins you're saying. are a good example. Yeah, I I get exactly what you're saying. Like 19, 20 million is not um, Mahomes' money. It's not Wentz' money. It's not Jared Goff' money. 
um, not even close really uh, in comparison to these, these newer contracts. And, and like how you said, the, the salary cap is exploding, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, if you put him on a different team, maybe you get a different result. It's just like, They've ran it back with Derek Carr now. What this is probably eight or nine, ten years, something like that. It close yeah. to Stafford, like in the amount of years he's been there, and you know you kind of you, you get what you see what you get, and and that's just about all you, all you're gonna get. I mean, maybe like you said, maybe they make the playoff. They went eight and eight. Maybe they they make that nine and seven, make a wild card spot or something like that. But um, that that's like the ceiling for me for Derek Carr. I don't think he's um, especially playing. In that, you know, playing out West, it's uh, there's too many good teams and, and it's just he's going to he he can't overcome all those obstacles to, to get to a Super Bowl. There's no way um, unless the defense was number one in football, which obviously it's not. So, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is like eight years younger. They're they're ne- they'll never win their division as long as as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. Um, unless something unforeseen happens like to me, you know, why not try to trade up for for a guy that you know, you think is going to be better long-term. Why are you paying that guy all that money? I know you want to be competitive. I know, you know, obviously it's a, it's a crazy time in the pandemic. You want to sell tickets. You just moved to Las Vegas. You're trying to establish a fan base. So maybe all of that business stuff kind of plays into it. And um, maintaining that fan base from Oakland is, is obviously pretty important, but uh, as long as he's in the building and as long as you're staring down Mahomes, I don't really think you're going to, I mean, it was the same argument for the, for the jets and, Bills and Dolphins with Brady there in the AFC East for all those years. Like you're always hoping for a wild card spot. I think the AFC back in the day was was obviously a little bit easier. Uh, now it's tough sledding when it comes to the AFC. Obviously the Bills, the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, some up and coming teams like the Bengals. Uh, Dolphins are very good. So it's obviously very, uh, a lot more competitive than it than it was uh, a few years ago. And I think. If you're looking at a power rankings or depth chart of, of the AFC, I think the Raiders might be sitting at double digits. I don't think they're really in the top 10, and that's just the AFC. Uh, so not not even mentioning the other teams in, in the NFC. But, yeah, that's that's Derek Carr. Um, when, we do, when we do our season preview, I'm sure we'll uh, bring him up again. Um, we'll kind of see. I mean, they're 8-8. Eight and eight, They're in no man's land. I, I, I think if you're going to be bad in the NFL, you probably should be the worst if you're going to be good. You know, that's that's one thing. But it, being eight and eight, being seven and nine, uh, being nine and seven, I, I, I think is really no man's land. And, and honestly, setting yourself up for failure uh, when it comes to the draft and, and, and setting yourself up for success. Um, but, yeah, that's our that's our I guess like quarterly Derek Carr review. I feel like it's, you know, a couple times a year now. It's definitely been too long. I don't know if we touched on him in, in 2021 at all. You know, I don't know. So, um, yeah, definitely had to revisit it, but, um, you know, really our opinions have not changed or have not, you know, gone anywhere as far as, as Derek Carr is concerned. Uh, yeah, I just, I just couldn't believe that teams were, were willing to trade for him, but I'll let him off the hook for now. Uh, transitioning to baseball, uh, someone who, you know, used to be a superstar, but <laughs> I think is coming up on the end of his career here. Albert Pujols, uh, his wife posted on Instagram, uh, last night that, that she was excited to watch him in his quote unquote last season. Uh, she amended the post later, um, saying she was excited to watch his last season of his current contract, uh, which is a little fishy to me. I feel like if you're going to go out and say, uh, in, in comment that it is the last year of his contract, you probably should say that first rather than in the second post or in the amendment. Uh, the guy's 41 years old, uh, in the last year of that 10 year deal, 
that he signed with the Angels in 2011. To be honest, I really haven't thought of Albert Pujols much in the last 10 years. Uh, he was unbelievable on the Cardinals, obviously winning that World Series. I think he won a couple of, of chips, actually, with them. Um, and, and obviously, in that last year in 2011, uh, they won. Then he signed a 10-year ticket to go to the Angels. Uh, so if it is if it is the end of his career, um, you know, he, he I think he has 662 home runs, uh, you know, bet at 220 last year. So obviously not like great still in, in terms of, you know, what he can give you on day in and day out basis, but uh, you know, still a legend. I think that needs to be respected. If you look at some of his early numbers with the Cardinals are absolutely insane. Uh, one year he batted 359, which is absurd. <laughs> I think he played 150 games that season. Um, Reagan. So, so to bat 360 you know, with all those plate appearances, absolutely absurd. I think he, I think honestly, like going to Anaheim, you know, that's where you kind of go and, and put yourself out to pasture there. You're kind of seeing the same thing with Mike Trout, uh, him really not getting much attention because they haven't made the playoffs in, in God knows how long. But I figured it, it was nice to bring up, you know, it, it, if it is the end, it, it definitely was a fantastic career. Um, and and I, we love talking baseball, as we said last week. So that's uh, that's our Albert Pujols update. Yeah, he really a guy that, you know, no disrespect, but like – if you want to make the the cliff analogy, like that guy literally went nose nose first off a cliff, like immediately as soon as he got to the Angels. Like if you look at his numbers with St. Louis and then the Angels, he hasn't batted over 285 uh, with the Angels. And that was his first year with the Angels. He batted 285. So, um, yeah, I, I guess if you want your career to go to die, uh, you play for the, the Angels. I mean, you look at pool holes, you look at um, drawing a blank, Josh, Josh Hamilton, um, you know, another guy that I forgot he was there for, for multiple issues, you know, um, you know, off the field stuff. But um, I I truly believe like that Pujols should have stayed on the Cardinals and Hamilton probably should have stayed on the Rangers and, you know, they'd probably be better off, but, you know, money talks and and bullshit walks. So, you know what I mean? Like Pujols said, let me, let me cash it in. Not like the Cardinals weren't giving, paying him chump change. I, I'm almost certain they were paying him over 30, 30 mil a year back in the in the day as well. Um, you know, a guy that that doesn't really get talked about at all anymore, and uh, you know, never really was was talked about with like the steroid era. Uh, he played like you know around the time yeah, you know early in his point. career. Um, you know, with Sosa McGuire, like around that time period, he was definitely a, a factor as well. Um, but you know. At, at some points, I kind of questioned it. I was like, this guy looks like he's he could eat like 10 trees and, and still have an appetite, but um, never really was rumored to be, you know, in the steroids. So, um, you know, good for him. Um, but, you know, it's not like when, when A-Rod, like towards the end of A-Rod's career, like he was still banging home runs. Like he could, you know, you could still like count on that guy, at least putting on a show for you every once in a while. Um, pool holes really just fell off and, and, you know, if his career ends like that, it's kind of a shame for him. I, if I were him, I might pull the uh, the ring chase and, and might just go one year somewhere and be a DH. Uh, I wouldn't really blame him for that because the Angels suck ass. But uh, whatever, you know what I mean. Whatever floats your boat. He, he definitely left his mark on the game, and you know he'll he'll be a Hall of Famer probably first ballot. Yeah, uh, yeah, cer- certainly first ballot. I, I think the numbers are certainly there. You know. He'll probably want to play until he can get 700 home runs um, in a full season. You know, obviously I think he only played like, you know, 30, 40 games last year. 
uh, whatever the number was. But in a full season, maybe he can get, you know, 10 to 15 this year, 10 to 15 next year, uh, and hopefully get it at some point. But, uh, yeah, that to me, that, that stands out as probably the last milestone he's shooting for. But like you said, obviously a, a fantastic career um, and, and one that really, I think, went to die uh, when he went to the Angels just because of that, how that franchise is. But you got to respect getting the, getting the money and getting paid. So good for him. Uh, passing it around here, no pun intended, to the NHL. Um, Aaron and I have not talked about hockey in 2021 yet. Uh, the season recently went underway, um, playing a 56-game schedule. Uh, four divisions, obviously, travel has been limited. There's a, an all-Canadian division because they cannot travel to the U.S. and vice versa. But there was a story um, from my favorite team, the New York Rangers, uh, that came across the wire a couple of days ago. Doesn't really have to do much with hockey, um, but figured we would mention it because it's kind of an insane story and deals with Russia and Putin, all that good stuff. And everyone loves hearing about him because he's such a polarizing guy, also a very shitty person, but a polarizing guy as it is. Um, Star left winger, the Rangers' best player, uh, Artemi Panarin, Russian player, um, historically has been in full opposition of Putin and his policies and and the Russian way of life and the government and things like that. on social media in the past, he's been in support of Navalny, who was the guy um, who was the guy supposed to be running against Putin. Um, it came out that he actually was poisoned by the government and was in the hospital for you know several months. Um, so obviously, Artemi Panarin has been a guy that's been um, in support of getting change and, and bringing some peace um, to that country. Uh, it came out yesterday that a few Russian um, Putin supporters in the hockey world are accusing Panarin of violently assaulting um, a female in an incident that is allegedly to have occurred over 10 years ago. Um, Panarin and the Rangers have both released statements um, saying that this is a complete fabrication um, and patently false. Um, Many people in the Russian government, uh, in the Russian media, I should say, and, and sort of around Russian hockey are saying this is absolutely not true. Um, the guy that came out and said this mainly was his former coach in the KHL, which is the Russian Hockey League. Um, to me, I think this is just a scare tactic. Um, Panarin came out and said he's going to take a leave of absence from the Rangers, um, probably going to take about two to three weeks. His family uh, still lives over in Russia, so he just wants to make sure that they're taken care of and safe before he comes back to playing. Obviously a very scary touch-and-go situation. Um, just kind of shows how the media and how the government kind of runs the show over there. Um, just wanted to mention it because it is it is kind of insane that a guy has to take off two weeks from, from the team he plays for to, to make sure his family is okay. Just kind of speaks towards how the way of life is over there and, and kind of a massive story, I think, in the game of hockey. You know, hockey is obviously not dominating the, the media as it is you know, in Canada and, and, and countries in Europe as it is. Um, but in the, in the U.S., I still think it is worth mentioning just because it is a crazy story dealing with politics, um, you know, foreign policy and, and things like that. You know, so to me, like, obviously a, an insane story. I hope that, you know, obviously he can come back as soon as possible. But, but you know, foremost, hopefully that, uh, you know, his family and everything is are, are safe and well and hopefully he can get, kind of get them out of Russia or whatever he wants to do to ensure their safety, but figure that was worth mentioning since it is uh, a pretty insane story, um, you know, that came across the wire yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's regardless of, of how you think America and, and things of that nature are run. Like we do have freedom of speech here, thankfully. 
um, over there. It just doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, I, I heard like, you know, if you talk bad about the government, basically you, you'll disappear. I mean, in certain situations. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely scary uh, for his family. I, I definitely feel for him. That, that's no one should have to endure that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, yeah, just hopefully it, it gets better from here. Um, it's one of those things, maybe it, it's a shame, but like, if you're, if you're in his family, if, especially if you continue to live over there, maybe you just stay quiet and avoid trouble just because of how, you know, how it's run over there and, and how that's not really, you know, it doesn't fly with their government. So that, that's a shame. Um, you know, hopefully it just all gets resolved and, and everybody's safe. That's the biggest thing. Everybody's safe. Yeah, no, exactly. A couple of theories that were, were being thrown out there. Obviously we have the, 2022 winter olympics coming up next year um in china a couple people were saying and putin loves hockey he he plays men's league hockey i think from time to time and and cherishes the national hockey team uh you know in russia so a couple people were saying that maybe it's just a ploy to get him off the olympic team um you know if that's the case fine I, i i don't feel like you have to go through the media and slander a guy you probably can just say hey bud you're off the roster for this year uh and that probably takes care of it but uh, yeah, either way, hopefully he gets back as soon as possible and, and gets everything taken care of. I think the Rangers are doing everything in their power as well uh, to ensure his family's safety, which is which is nice to see. But, um, yeah, sorry to throw a bunch of, uh, I guess, serious topics to the listeners tonight, but um, all stuff we, we have to mention since we are uh, an unbiased and podcast and try to bring as, as much news to, to listeners as possible. Yeah, just, just kind of getting all the uh... – a broad spectrum of, of, of news topics and, uh, you know, sports stories here, you know, it's kind of been, Dan and I talked about this as well. Like it's kind of been a slower week uh, in comparison to, you know, obviously the Super Bowl's over um, free agency other than the Wentz, Wentz signing, really there hasn't been a lot of noise uh, yet, obviously with, with free agency, not yet open. Um, so, you know, we're, we're just reporting on, on what we can report on, you know, don't, don't, don't shit on us. You know what I mean? <laughs> you guys can shit on us. It's okay. We forget. All right. uh, Aaron, let's uh, let's get into some basketball talk. I know you had some good topics uh, to bring up. We'll kind of shoot it around this this league here and and uh, just update you on the happenings of what's going on in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just just looking at it from a, a bird's eye view. I mean, there there's a lot of things we can we can get into, but um, one thing it just surprising to me at least. I know that the Celtics have have struggled with injuries and. Obviously, excuse me, COVID playing a, a part in, um, you know, their lack of success, if you will. But uh, just kind of surprising. They're, they're a 500 team, and they actually lost tonight. So now, now they go – they're 15 and 16 Jeez. on the year. Um, not really something that I was, you know, thinking going into the season. I thought they'd make the, the jump. They, you know, a lot of people even picked them to, to compete for the East, uh, up there with the Sixers, up there with – uh, the Raptors and, um, you know, really the, the Sixers are, are running away right now, but, um, you know, they're just not, uh, you know, relevant at this point. Um, I'll go on record. I, I, I was never a, a Tatum guy. I, I think he can play. I don't think he's a scrub, but, uh, you know, Ooh, I think he was definitely, definitely overhyped. I mean, I, I just really, uh, he, he, he can ball. Don't get me wrong, but he I love Tatum. Uh, a lot of people do. I don't, I don't dislike him. I just, I think he's like, 
He's a mix between, for me, it's, it's going to be a weird comparison, but like a Paul Pierce, but like a Tim Duncan at the same time. He's like, he's still too robotic for Tim me to Dunk- be like. I like oh, oh, okay. I was he's say. just like, like his moves are like slow motion or something. I, I don't know what's going on, but he can definitely put up points. But, you know, is he the guy that's going to lead your franchise? Like, you know, you go back to Derek Carr. Like, is he, he's putting up 32, nine and two tonight, but uh, they lose in overtime because, you know, I, other. Really, I think you know Kemba Walker isn't isn't exactly a stud anymore. I, I don't. He stinks think right now. He's you know put he put up fourteen tonight. Like he's just not he's not enough for them to get over the hump. Obviously, they're they're um, just a five hundred team. So um, I don't know. That that's a surprising um, team for me. Uh, Sixers obviously balling out of control uh, yeah. with Joel Embiid and, and Simmons making it work. Uh, who knows when it comes to the playoffs, are they going to get over the hump? They, they haven't in the past, but uh, new coach, um, Doug, oh, Doug, Doug Collins is finally out of the building uh, long overdue. Um, so the Eagles fired Doug Peterson after three years, you know, after the Super Bowl, and, and they let Doug Collins be there for like 15 years and never win anything. So, you know, <laughs> make sense of that one. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Lakers are balling. Um Lost the last couple of games. I mean, no Anthony Davis, no no Unibrow in the mix. Uh, your boy Caruso, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw this the other night, but uh, his his facial expression when he bricked that shot was like that. That was one of the best you know moments in, in recent history in the NBA for me, just because he was. It was like he was on a soap opera or something. Like it was just it was poetic uh, after the after the miss, but. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, Sixers, Lakers, uh, Clippers playing pretty well as well, you know, out there in the West. Um, just the West is so is so good in comparison to the East from top to bottom. I mean, if you look at the records, if you look at the, the standings, um, Utah Jazz are, are, are balling, absolutely yeah. balling. Um, kind of the, the shocker so far. I mean, I, they've been solid the last couple of years, but, um, you know, they're, they're absolutely killing it right now. I think they're actually first. Uh, in the West, if I'm not mistaken, they are. They're like the Atlanta Hawks of a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, when they Corver and uh, Horf, uh, Horford and and those guys, like not not a team with a lot of big names, but like play so well together, very well coached, sound defensively, hit a lot of threes, and like give you effort every night. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think you hit the, you hit the nail on the head around the league. I'm not going to add too much more. Um, yeah, I think I think you're, the Knicks are doing pretty well. I think that's uh, that was certainly a shot going in, going into this year. Uh, this guy Emmanuel quickly out of Kentucky, uh, rookie. I think he was like the 28th or 29th pick in the draft um, last year. Is is honestly on fire. I think um, look, they've been looking for a guy like this for for a long time. Derrick Rose just got traded there, so him injected into that lineup, I think, has has been awesome. Uh, Tib Thibodeau, um, you know, bringing his tenacity, his defense, you know, from from Chicago and from his, pre- his previous stops um, is definitely, you know, I, I think a breath of fresh air in, into the Knicks. And honestly, I think any, any New York team should, should, I think, have that attitude, have that grittiness, grind out wins. And, and I don't think they should be flashy by, by any stretch of the imagination. I just think they, they now have an identity, which is what they didn't have, at least in the past few years, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that, that's – you know, by the books, that's that's the team I root for. It's been you know years since they've even been relevant. So, um, just the fact that they're getting back to, to relevancy and and I was a, a Tibbs fan in Chicago. I think he 
when they had, you know, the guys like Derek Rose, Jimmy Butler as a young Jimmy Butler, um, Taj Gibson, Joakim Noah, like that was a team that people feared to play. I mean, that was a physical team. So, um, you know, always, always respected him as a coach. I think he's uh, definitely a, an upgrade, you know, over the, who they've had, you know, the last couple of coaches and, um, you know, just the problem is their owner is still a scumbag and, and still not the, the best guy uh, to own the team, in my personal opinion. But, um, you know, at least they're on the rise. And I just look for the uh, NBA playoffs to be exciting this year, just like they were last year. Um, just for, for my own sake, I hope the Lakers don't run away with it again. That would probably disgust me a little bit. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the, in the West that that's, you know, the Lakers probably still the favorite by Vegas, I'm sure. But uh, that the West is just amazing to me. It's like, um, you know, that they've, they've gotten so good top to bottom, like the, even the Phoenix Suns, they sucked so bad a couple of years ago. And now there's Chris Paul, baby. Chris, Chris Paul effect in, in full effect CP three, you got Devin Booker, just, you know, absolutely yamming on people for his living. Uh, so you know, it's it's definitely uh, definitely fun to watch. I, I've watched more basketball in the last couple of weeks uh, just because it's, it's just it's really competitive night in and night out now. And it wasn't like that for a, a couple of years there, I would say. Um, the One team that stands out to me as well is uh, just the last thing I'll, I'll touch on here is the Miami Heat kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, I know they got the win against the Lakers the other night, but um, kind of struggling, kind of you know, taking a step back from last season. Once again, a team that's been plagued with injuries. Um, but one guy I do really like is uh, Tyler Hero. I, I respect his game. I, I root for the kid. I, I just think he's a, he's a baller. So, um, you know, it'd be cool to see the Heat go the whole way again. I don't know why. Just uh, maybe it's the uniforms for me. You know, why not? But, um, yeah, that's, that's really all I got to say about the NBA at this point. A hero is the sandwich. <laughs> all, all time hey. clip. This, this guy was uh snow blowing roads in chicago for his neighbors uh and they interviewed on interviewed him on the news and he was like i'm not a hero a hero is a sandwich so for some reason uh Perfect. that made me that made me uh think of that clip just an all-time guy salt of the earth any anytime you have a neighbor who who plows your plows your sidewalk uh just just a stand-up guy and, and then to not even take credit, like, you know what I mean? To, to pass it on to a sandwich, basically stating that a sandwich is better than, than what he just did. Like, a just sandwich. a sandwich by itself is just better than him. Like that's, that's enormous. Uh, you know, it's just being humble as can be. So maybe we'll try and get him on the pod here in, in a couple of weeks, see what we can do. Standard is a standard and a hero is a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, uh, I did have a question for you. Do you bet, do you bet on the NBA at all? Are you a, I have a little NBA bit guy. I've been trying to do, you know, I, I was a complete dumbass and, and rookie at first. And I, st- and I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm still both of those things that, you know, most of the time here, but um, you know, I, I have put some bets in, I have tried to, you know, now I've tried to parlay cause I, I the, the kids tell me that's the, that's the way to make the real coin. That is the way to go. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I did do, so, I did some bets tonight. Uh, real, real quick. I'll, I'll get into that. I mean, I just, I bet Appalachian state only because I was like, I remember they beat Michigan in the big house. I was like different sport altogether, <laughs> different sport altogether. In 2007. And t- I was just like, my gut told me just, bet, just throw it in there. I, I, put, I put two hours and 50 cents in, they lost. Uh, so not a huge <laughs> loss. You know what I mean? Like no, that's, not, uh, not going to break the bank. 
that, that's a Red Bull. That's a that's a you know a Mountain Dew. Whatever whatever you, your choice. Um, I I did I bet the Mavericks over the Celtics and I did win that. Uh, nice. Actually, I think they went to overtime in that game. Um, so so got that one. Uh, ben Simmons let me down. You know, shouldn't even given him the benefit of the doubt because he just is a pussy when it comes to shooting the ball. Uh, you know, he can pass and, and, and throw dimes all all over the court, but for whatever reason, he just doesn't like to score some nights. And this was one of those nights. All I needed him, I needed him to score 17 points and he refused to do so. And they lost. So, uh, you know, maybe you should listen to me next time and, and be assertive out there. <laughs> but, uh, and as far as the, uh, the Sacramento Kings and Brooklyn Nets, I bet I, I said that they would score over 242 points combined, uh, which they, they did. Uh, nice. So I got, I got that one. Uh, I just, I looked at it like neither of them played defense, according to like everybody uh, that I follow as far as like stat evaluators. So that was all that was. And then I got the point spread uh, for Portland uh, winning by at least plus six. Uh, and they are playing the Denver Nuggets, but the Denver Nuggets are depleted and injured yep. and full of COVID. I think I know they're injured, but nice. um, yeah, so I, I'm taking the point spread on that one. I think, uh, Damian Lillard goes off without CJ McCollum. And I think they'll just do enough to, to, to beat, um, uh, yeah, the Nuggets. That happening right now. That is happening, happening right now. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give, give, you a, a live, give you a live score update. We'll see. We'll give, we'll give Aaron, we'll give the listeners an idea of how Aaron's bets doing in real time. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's not good. It's not bad. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's knotted up at 70 right now in the third. Okay. So it's, it's a close game. I mean, the, Third quarter, six minutes to play, uh, not at 70. So and it can go either way. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Nuggets, uh, if they had all their people in, I wouldn't have made that bet, but I just kind of went out on a limb. But Oh, that's smart. That's what I got tonight. Uh, I, Appalachian State pick was absolutely retarded, I but I, just thought, I thought I'd get it just because. And the, uh, the payout for that was like at least $15 off a $2 bet. So I figured, you know, why not throw it yeah, in? Yeah, man. No, no, that's that's good stuff. I, I try to get into the the hockey. Um, yeah, yeah. Give me give me some give me some like insight on that. Just a, a minute or two. Uh, yeah, however I, long you want to go. No, I I yeah, I think the, the parlay thing, you know, is is the way I try to go. Um, the 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 money line or the puck line and spread. Well, the spread in hockey they call the puck line. Money line you bet, you know. Who who you want to win straight up puck line? It's usually a goal and a half either way. It's pretty tough. I think hockey more than any other sport can fluctuate on a night to night basis. So I usually just, I'll, I'll try to go money line, um, try to parlay it. You know, if, if a really good team is playing a really bad team, um, if there's, you know, kind of two games like that on the, on the schedule, I'll try to bet those two teams, parlay it, um, try to get to get to like at least plus plus one fifty, um, and then try to make some, some bang for the buck there. So I, I kind of take a look, take a look at the matchups. I'll take a look at who's, who's at home, who's on the road, who's traveled a lot. Um, what they've done their past two games. Uh, the over totals in hockey right now are super high, so a lot are hitting on the under. Um, so I, I feel like the books are probably going to adjust um, and kind of go the other way here in the, here in the next few weeks. But um, I, I do try to get into some European hockey as well, some some stuff oh. from Russia, some Sweden stuff. Uh, I mean, I mean, the KHL like it's almost like European soccer where we're like a Chelsea or like a Real Madrid are so much better than your like lower teams. Uh, and sometimes these like mafia Russian bosses will pay off the refs to like 
make their teams win. So it's a lot easier to bet <laughs> on awesome. than the NHL. Um, so I follow a couple guys on Twitter who have some pretty good KHL and, and some pretty good European hockey picks. Um, so I, I don't really get too, too, too heavily into the gambling stuff, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly give our, our couple picks a week. I feel like that'd be good for the listeners just to keep on. Maybe we'll keep our records, you know, if we're doing good, if not, maybe we can leave that off the show or maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it on. So you guys can tail us uh, a little bit um and and make some money that way but uh yeah that's that's my strategy in hockey i I usually go with the parlay stuff for for the nhl for sure yeah no i mean at the end of the day i think you know dan Dan and i i i mean maybe maybe dan more so especially you know is comfortable picking hockey games but i think if if you would listen to us uh with the nfl picks i mean i most of those were probably spot on i mean i'm not gonna say i would say at least 75 percent are money so um, that with that, I wish I would have been signed up for with DraftKings. Uh, you know, shout out to DraftKings for not really hooking my account up until this past week when I was persist- persistent on the on the email train. But uh, yeah, go. no, I, I got uh, I got it signed up now. But I, NFL is my like bread and butter as far as the money line is concerned. Oh yeah, the spreads. I'm I'm, I'm not even close to going to say to be an expert or anything like that. Spreads are difficult for me. Um, I, I saw, stuff, especially yeah, it's, it's so random. Like to me, like scores are random. Um, you know, you could, you know, one, one game, you know, you could run 300 yards and, and score only 10 points, but you know, the next week you throw for 400 and four touchdowns. It's just so like random uh, for me. So I, I love, I love playing the money line. I think I can in the NFL do pretty well, but uh, these other sports are definitely harder, uh, especially when they're playing night in and night out, you know, you never know what the team's going to bring. Uh, you know, Monday night versus a Friday night of the same week. Yep. So, uh, yeah, just having a little fun with it. And, and I'll definitely let you guys rip me to, to shreds when I when I lose. Just like I picked – probably nobody picked the Appalachian State game tonight. I was probably the only one on that one. Uh, they were heavily, heavily uh, you know, underdogs in that one and, and obviously didn't come up – didn't come up with the W. So, just, just having a little fun. And, you know, if anybody wants to chime in and, and shit on me, feel free to. Hey, you're, you're going with your gut. I think that's the most important part. Um, <laughs> some, sometimes too much research can get in the way of, of some good picks. And to be honest, sometimes all it takes is good intuition uh, one way or the other. Unfortunately, tonight, the basketball gods were on the other side, but who knows, <laughs> maybe, maybe next game Appalachian State steps up and, uh, and hammers home a bet for you. Yeah, that's one team like Appalachian State. Um, trying to think of other ones like, uh, Cleveland, I, I picked a couple times this season to like just have some upsets, and they did. So I'm rocking with Cleveland. I, I don't know, just a couple teams that I, I just my gut tells me they'll win. Uh, tonight was really off of a limb, and, and it didn't work out. But that's all right. We'll we'll live to see another day. Live to see another day. Exactly. Um, yeah. What one last thing to to mention here, folks, and then we'll um, we'll definitely end, end things here for you. But uh, Aaron, Aaron, you wanted to mention Vincent Jackson, obviously, uh, obviously, you know, passed away. I, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago now. I think uh, early last week, I want to say I could be, you could be, you'd be right. Yeah. No, obviously a, a very sad situation. Um, if you don't know who he is, he was a former wide receiver in the NFL, played for the Chargers, Buccaneers, really, really good wide receiver, killed the Jets a couple of times. Um, when, when playing them, one of, I think one of Phil Rivers, if not Phil Rivers, favorite target he's probably ever played, maybe Antonio Gates is, but either way, um, I, I don't think the cause of death has, has really been announced yet, but, um, the family is, is donating the brain to, to, 
um, CTE research. They want to get it checked out. We, uh, a lot of, the, a lot of folks think that, um, he suffered from CTE and, and really concussions and just the physicality of the NFL, uh, you know, led to kind of his downfall and, and his life taking a turn for the worse. Um, obviously a very sad situation. Um, wanted to end the show with it to pay our respects to him, uh, to his family, to his loved ones, to the NFL community, the football community, the chargers, Buccaneers, um, his former teammates as well. Uh, great guy. I think on and off the field, like I said, I, I loved watching him play. I remember back in 2009 when the jets were making their playoff run, um, they had to beat the chargers in the divisional round to get to the AFC championship game. And, ended up doing so, but Vincent Jackson had this like insane toe tap catch um, in the fourth quarter along the sideline that extended the game and it almost made my heart sink into, into the floor because I thought the Chargers were going to come back and win that game. So he was a game changer guy that could change the game on a dime and, and really a great player and fun guy to watch. So uh, very, very sad situation, obviously gone way, way too soon. Um, so our condolences are certainly with, with his family and his loved ones. Yeah, tr- truly unfortunate. You know, we, like Dan said about uh, the family donating the brain to, to CTE research, it's uh, unfortunately like, you know, in the process, obviously he has passed, um, you know, hopefully we can figure out more and more, uh, you know, about concussions, how that plays into to mental health issues and, and things of that nature, which I'm sure has a direct correlation to the, to this story. Unfortunately, um, you know, a young, a young guy by, by, you know, a lot of people's standards um, and, and just very unfortunate, you know, hell, hell of a player. And, you know, unfortunately got his life cut short and this, this isn't even the, the I know uh, there was another NFL death, I think a month ago or so as a Ravens running back, uh, a former Ravens running back. I can't, I'm, I'm missing the name. Yeah, but I'm, I'm blanking as well. It's just, it's super unfortunate, you know, when obviously when anybody passes away, but, but these guys are, are of a special breed and it's just a, it's just a shame, you know, it's nothing you can do about it, but definitely uh, condolences and, and prayers to the family. And, you know, hopefully he's in a better place. That's all I can really say. It's just, it's definitely unfortunate and, and just super young really to, to be passing away. It's just, it's a shame. Well, that's, that's well said, um, Aaron and, and listeners that thank you for, for taking the time to, to listen to us tonight. Uh, you know, obviously uh, some, some heavy topics for, for you all, for this episode but you know that's the nature of the business got to got to mention the nature of the beast um but Aaron and i are excited uh we both have new mics uh new webcams so hopefully bringing a video aspect to this podcast soon uh, hoping to get our youtube channel up and running here uh in the near future so hopefully you know fingers crossed we sounded good and clear and concise uh this episode um, if not we will certainly go back to the drawing board and maybe we'll sue amazon for our shitty mics but um either way appreciate you listening hopefully we sounded good um and uh yeah enjoy your week take it home aaron yeah just enjoyed it as always um you know hopefully we have some some more positive topics next week but um you know we'll uh we'll hit it as it comes and and we'll definitely uh consistently give you the sports coverage that you need and and that you want and that you're asking for. Take us home.